Hello and welcome to the MyPal podcast. MyPal is a podcast about palliative care, innovation and technology. I'm your host. My name is Amara Warsu. I'm an academic clinical lecturer in palliative medicine from the University of Liverpool. Today I'm going to talk about the subject of wearable technology. It's a topic that interests me greatly and I'm interested about the potential of this area. Wearable technology, is it fashion? Is it technology? Is it really beneficial for health? Is it just vanity? Can we use this to improve patient care? Is this something which can be used for palliative care patients, patients approaching the end of their lives, patients in hospitals, patients in community settings? So what is wearable technology? Now this is also referred to as wearable gadgets and it refers to a category of technology technological devices that can be worn by an individual and often include tracking information related to health and fitness. So previously we've seen a variety of fitness trackers which look a bit like bracelets that we can put around the wrist uh, such as Fitbit, Jawbone, Garmin, VivoFit. And these devices work by recording details of the individual's activity such as the number of steps they take, distance that they cover and the number of calories burned. So the information might be then sent to a paired smartphone or a computer that then allows the individual to keep a record of their activity over a period of time. More recently, these technological devices have morphed into smartwatches. So these devices have motion sensors that allow you to take photos and then sync directly with smartphones. For example, last month, Apple released their highly anticipated iWatch, which is a companion device for their iPhone. So this complements a growing market of smartwatches that looks to incorporate these features of the fitness tracker technology, smartphones themselves, under the chassis of a watch. In addition to the fitness elements of these smartwatches, you'll also get notifications which are displayed on your watch which are pinged over from your phone. Therefore, your watch acts like a second screen for your smartphone. So all notifications will be sent to your wrist. So these can include notifications of your emails. You can check your emails on the go. Tweets from Twitter, messages on WhatsApp, phone calls. So in many cases, somebody who lives a busy lifestyle might be able to keep their phone on silent check the notifications on their wrist and then only occasionally reach to their phone. So depending on the type of hardware that you have, you may be able to have certain interactions with the notifications. So some people might be able to respond directly to a text and depending on the type of phone and device you have, might actually be able to answer phone calls. So current examples of the watches which are on the market are the aforementioned Apple iWatch, which can only be used with an iPhone. The biggest competitor that Apple has on the market is Google, who have their own brand of Android Wear devices, which currently include six watches which all run on the same operating system, Android Wear. So these watches include things like Motorola's Moto360, LG's watches, Sony and Asus watches. Samsung have their own watch, and Samsung Gear uses its own operating system which can then be paired with an Android watch. Alternatives to these watches are Kickstarter's 
uh, Pebble Watch, which was a crowd-funded smartwatch, which is compatible with both Android and iPhone, and has just updated its look, calling it Pebble Time, which is coinciding with the arrival of Apple's new smartwatch. One of the allures of this technology is the ability to record information and quantify health aspects of your life. The notion is that by recording and reporting information about behaviours, such as physical activity or sleep patterns, that these devices can educate and motivate individuals towards better habits and better health. A Viewpoint article appearing in JAMA by Mitash Patel et al. was written about this topic earlier this year. They highlight how there is little evidence exists around this area and that these devices may mainly be facilitators for health-related change rather than drivers of that change itself. In terms of healthcare, and specifically palliative care, a question is, can we use this technology to benefit patients, or is it just a fad? Are the health benefits just for those who are already healthy and want to get healthier? Personally, I believe that there's several possibilities with this technology, but overall, I'm not sure whether we're there yet. Let's start with some of the possibilities. These devices can record aspects of physical activity continuously, such as an individual's heart rate at a specific moment in time, average heart rate over a 24-hour period, number of steps taken, activity about running, swimming, cycling, distance covered, calories burned. So this information might be useful in assessing an individual's physical activity over a period of time, especially if they're receiving particular therapies such as rehabilitation post-chemotherapy, monitoring temperature and heart rate over a 16 to 24 hour period might be useful information as opposed to a one-off assessment of these variables. With a smartwatch, notifications can be sent to the watch to provide reminders, which may include ensuring individuals drink enough, take medications or ask them to complete symptom assessments ahead of a clinic appointment or a healthcare professional visit. So. Ongoing monitoring about an individual's symptoms could be possible. Tools like the Edmonton Symptom Classification Scale could be used. So information could be sent at set points of time to the smartwatch asking people to input a score of a particular symptom. So this might be every six hours, every eight hours. Or it could be based on a natural rhythm of activity which is detected for that patient. For example, If the watch detects that a person has been inactive after an intense period of activity, a notification could be pushed to the watch asking the individual if they're in pain or particularly breathless. This information could then be collected and then sent by email to the GP, community nurse teams, oncologist or palliative medicine professional so they have a better understanding of how an individual's symptoms may vary across a particular day. These technologies can track people's location, can track their movements. So this tracking technology might be useful to track individuals around a hospital, a hospice or a home. So if this is combined with telehealth systems, it could be useful for monitoring purposes as part of a falls detection system. Around this, more things are increasingly becoming connected using smart technology, such as our cars, our homes. So potentially, Wearable devices may help in various aspects of health by syncing information together. For example, could a patient use their watch to order a repeat prescription? The technology is increasingly becoming cheaper and lighter with better 
battery life are more prevalent around us. Although the Apple Watch is currently expensive, the presence of Apple in this area will reduce the costs of parts overall, increase competition from other competitors and hence reduce the costs for these companies, the costs of the devices, but increase choice for the consumer. So this, we've seen this happen with smartphones, with MP3 players, with laptops, any form of technology goes through this process. We already have biosensors that can be drawn onto the skin, drawn onto clothing, stitched into clothing. So we already have the potential that we can have a biosensor of an individual, which could then be used to detect activity. So such technology may provide a non-invasive, low-cost way to measure health-related variables in different groups of people. At the minute, there's a big drive for personalised medicine, and wearable devices could provide individualised information about a person which could be used for health-related purposes. So Google X are already working on combining nanotechnology with wearable technology. So this is the lab's division of Google, how they intend to develop magnetised nanoparticles that a person will swallow. The nanoparticles will go around the body and gather biochemical information about that individual. For example, the amount of haemoglobin, uh, calcium, metabolic activity. These magnetised nanoparticles will then be summoned to a magnetised smartwatch or receiver on the skin where the nanoparticles will then download the information so that we can have a non-invasive technological way of monitoring aspects of their physiology and biochemistry. So these are some of the possibilities. What are the challenges? Well, the technology is still in its infancy and it's not widespread. It's still viewed as a luxury and not an essential piece of technology. So this is similar to what we saw with smartphones when they first debuted. There's still a distinction in terms of watches, of whether smartwatches are a watch first or whether they're fashion items first. There's concerns about the accuracy of these functions. There's a slight difference between the accuracy of the step counting aspects between smartwatches. And overall, the equipment is expensive and you do need to pair with a smartphone. So it's not just the cost of the watch itself, it's the additional companion phone that is needed to run the software. Battery life is generally unacceptable for many people, with battery life lasting between one or two days for many of the Google and the Apple watches. The Pebble smartwatch has a battery life of about 7 to 10 days, which is much better but will still be too inefficient for some people. Although we've got used to charging our phones each day, we generally expect our watches to last longer. Although watches are water-resistant, meaning you can take a shower of many, not many are waterproof. I think the only one that we know is waterproof is the Pebble. Overall visibility on a sunny day can be poor, so for people who are going about outside may not like that, although the, the Pebble itself has a slightly different screen using the same technology that you have in Kindles, the e-ink display, meaning that it's got excellent visibility in sunny weather. There's inherent concerns about big data, so using data from lots of individuals to generate more health outcomes. So essentially, to improve the whole concept of personalised medicine requires on pooling 
data from lots of individuals. So wearable technology would increase the possibility of that. Overall, people tend not to like being tracked, and there's a concern about whether this technology will be too intrusive. So if by wearing a smartwatch, that means that people can know where I am and what I'm doing and how many steps I'm taking and how much calories I'm burning could have negative connotations. For example, would insurance companies want to know this information if they knew of the activity levels of patients? Would they want to charge individuals who were less active higher premiums? Would they use data that we had from tracking software and smartwatches to gather that? Also, would patients worry of a negative response from a doctor if they weren't doing as much physical activity that was recommended? Would they worry that they may not be a candidate for certain chemotherapy regimes if their doctor found out that they were doing 3,000 steps a day rather than 6,000 steps a day? So overall, I think the technology isn't quite there yet, but wait and see. I do believe it's coming. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of my part. For further information, do check out my website, which is amarawosu, that's A-M-A-R-A-N-W-O-S-U dot com. And also, feel free to check me out on Twitter, at amarawosu. Feel free to contact me, say hi. And as always, music is by the year of the very course. So until next time, goodbye.